Greetings in the name of Jesus Christ. Welcome to our podcast. This is Pastor Madiba. If you happen to be in our area, you are most welcome to visit us. You'll surely feel at home. We appreciate your prayers for our ministry. We hope today's sermon will be edifying to you, your family, and your friends. Welcome. Bibles, 
um, in the book of Hebrews, chapter 11. Uh, I saw uh, Sister Stella around here. Uh, oh, uh, it's her birthday here today. I think she's making 63 years today. Amen. God bless you. Uh, may God grant more blessings and yeah, happiness and everything. It's our wish and prayers. Amen. And uh, I think you are well aware that the pastor is is um, out today preaching at Pradamapada's church. So, but I think um, let us just um, go straight to the word, chapter eleven, Hebrews. Let's read from verse 23. The Bible says in verse 23, By faith Moses, when he was born, was hid three months of his parents because they saw he was a proper child and they were not afraid of the king's commandment. Verse 24, the Bible says, By faith Moses, when he was come to years, refused to be called the son of Pharaoh's daughter, choosing rather to suffer afflictions with the people of God than to enjoy the pleasure of sin for a season. And um, verse 26 says, esteeming the reproach of Christ greater riches than the treasures in Egypt, for he had respect unto the recompense of the reward. Verse 27, by faith he forsook Egypt not fearing the wrath of the king, for he endured as his as seeing him who is invisible. Amen. Let us bow our heads. Gracious eternal heavenly Father, once more your word has been read, Almighty God, may you come and speak to your children, Heavenly Father. If there is anyone who is afflicted, Heavenly Father, come and uh, bring peace, Almighty God. If there is anyone that is sick, Almighty Jesus, we are praying for the healing of your children, Lord. You know their needs, you know their expectations, Heavenly Father. Meet in each, each and every heart accordingly, Almighty God. We pray and we commit the service into thy capable name, in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen. Uh, we may be seated. Um, I think, never mind, I think um, the, the voice, I had a little bit of flu throughout the week, but uh, by the grace of God, here we are, and then may God undertake, hallelujah. Now, um, uh, there was a thought that I wanted to talk about this morning. I was thinking to myself sometimes, when we start a new year, and I often hear people saying they are doing what we call New Year resolutions. In other words, um, people want to commit themselves to say, this year I want to achieve one, two, three. But whether we achieve those things or not, it doesn't matter, but what, have, what, what matters is that we all sometimes do New Year resolutions. Um, if we don't do them, then um, I don't know. 
um, in the message called From Dead Time, Brother Brennan speaks about a particular man that he found on the street. And then he says, he asked this man, where do you come from? And the man shook his shoulder, he says, nowhere. And he says, sir, where are you going? And he says, nowhere. He says, this man, he didn't have an ambition. He was just living, but without any ambition. So he didn't have any goals. He was just alive. So, and then, but he says, um, this man, when he explained to him, he told him actually what happened. And he explained to him and he showed him, he says, there is a, a particular bank that I was working there and I was a great man, I was a manager there. And he says, but one day when I came from work, coming home, I found my wife and the children were gone. And I found only a letter on my table, and he says it was, was a degree of divorce. That man says, and from that time, things started going in a wrong direction. That is why you see me now. I don't have a, a home to stay. I don't have a place to stay. I'm just now like a bum. I'm just a, a hobo. But it started from a particular time. So I want us to talk about the consequences of your decision. And I want to subtitle it from that time. So in other words, I hear a lot of people saying, you are a master of your own destination. You are an architect of your own life. You are a designer for your own future. Nobody else but yourself. In other words, if you design your own life, if you are an architect, you sit down. An architect is somebody that will sit and imagine how the building is going to look like. Even he has not seen it, but he will be the first person that will have an idea how is the building going to look like. We call him an architect. So he designs in his own mind before we can be able to see the drawing physically. So now when they say you are an architect, you have your own life, it means that when you reflect, when you are alone and then you sit and you think of your own life, then you design and you, you, you decide where you want to see yourself. So you can't blame your parents. You cannot blame your children. You cannot blame the church. You cannot blame your neighbors. You cannot blame your teachers. Amen. You are responsible for your own life. Amen. And you've got a choice. You had a choice to come to church. You had a choice to stay at home. You had a choice to choose which clothes are you going to wear this morning. It's your own choice. The wife that you married is your own choice. 
Now, in the message, Choosing a Bride, Brother Branham says, 1965, April the 29th, I want to read paragraph 31. Prophet says, in many things of life, we are given a choice. Now, in South Africa, they call it, uh, we've got a right. So, you've got a choice. The way of life itself is a choice. We have a right to make our own way, choose our own way that we want to live. Now, as much as we've got the right to do whatever we, that we want, the only thing that I think people lack is that if you choose, there is an accountability. There are consequences of your own choice. He says, education is a choice. We can choose whether we are going to be educated or whether we are not going to be educated. That is a choice that we have. It reminds me of a friend of mine. He's a late brother, Abraham Dikutupe. Uh, it's, it's one of my best friends that I ever had. You know, somebody was telling me, he says now, but sometimes you don't have a choice about education. I said, but you've got a choice. He says, no, but I didn't get the support at home. I said, but you still have a choice. Yeah. I think if you have read about a man called Sipo Mabuse, I think he went and did the matric after he was 60, something, yes. Yeah. He had a choice. So after 60 years, you can be able to go and register and do your matric. So it's your own choice. So this man called uh, uh, Abraham, he had a choice that he made that surprised even me. So he went to school like any other person, and then he came, he went. And while he was working, he became a manager, and then he went to another company, he became a manager also, and then somewhere, somehow, and then now and then when he was working, more than maybe 10 to 15 years, being a manager. But because he saw, and he made a choice some other time, and he says, he came to me, he said, I've decided. Now this man is married, he's got children, and they are already they are going to school the children. Then he left work. He says, no, I can't work here for uh, three years. And then they say the contract is finished. And I go there, and then I work for five years. They are telling me that the contract is finished. He says, I'm tired of that. Then he was now about 40. Then he came to me, he says, I made a decision. I'm going back to school. I couldn't believe it. I, I was there also. I said, I don't agree with you on that one. I didn't agree because I didn't see it that way. And he says, I'm going behind the desk. I'm going back to the university at the age of 40-something. say, brother, it's going to be very difficult for you. He says, no, I've spoken to my wife now. She's going to work. She's going to look after the children. I'm going back to the university. And he went. He made a choice. And he went to the university. He went to sit with some 19-year-old now. 
kids that they are coming there, they are almost like his own children. And he sits there, and then, I mean, his life inspired me. He sat, and he did his first year, he did his second year, and he was older, he did his third year. And he was one of the best students at the age of 40-something. Then he went to do his, what is, after the degree, what do you do? What is that? Honors. No, he did his honors. And after he did his honors, the university themselves, then they offered him that, no, come and work with us. Because he was a very serious person. Then he went, he worked. When he was working there, he continued, he did his master's. If he stayed where he was, he could have never did his master's. Now, he made a choice to say, I'm going to leave everything. Then I go back to school. That's why I say, you've got a choice. Then he did his master's. And he was still working for the university. And after he completed his master's, then he, 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 he went for his doctorate. And he got a full-time job at the University of Venda at that time. That was the time when he passed away, when we went to a wedding. When we came back, then he had an accident. So he was now going to, he was doing now a doctorate. Now, so he found a permanent job. He says, I told you that I don't want to move from one place to another. Now I'm stable. So, but what I want to tell you is that now, it's neither that you are too old or you are too young, but you still have a choice for anything. But the choice that you make is going to have some consequences later in life. Now he says, right and wrong is a choice. In most cases is that when we do something that is right, we know. And when you do something that is wrong, you also know. Every man, every woman, boy and girl has to choose whether they are going to try to live right or not live right. It is a choice. And he says, choice is a great thing. So in everything that you do, you've got a choice. In the same message, paragraph 47, he says, now, he says it is a serious thing when you go to choose a wife. A man for the vows here, it says, until death do we apart. That is how we should keep it. And you take that vow before God that only death will separate you. I think a man in his right mind that is planning a future that he should choose that wife very carefully. Not only a man, a woman too. You need to choose very carefully. Until death to part. So you can't come later and say, ah, this man, when he takes off his shoes, I can't, I can't, I can't, it's, it's, I can't you, you can't tell us that. It's a choice. You should have done your homework. Hallelujah. You'll have to handle them. We'll be there. You say, ah, we are going. You'll, you'll, you'll stay with your shoes there. You'll make a plan. So, but on a serious note is that you have to make sure that 
when you approach this thing, you need to be dead serious. You need to be very sober-minded. It's a choice that you are going to live with it for many years to come. And Brother Brenham says, when you make a choice, sometimes men wants to say, hey, I'm looking for a right woman. But Brother Brenham says, you have to be right first. There is no way. Brothers, it's not going to happen. If you are not right, you are not going to get the right wife. It's not going to happen. You have to get yourself right first. Then you will be able, when you look, then you will be able to see the right wife. A man in his right mind, that is planning a future, that he should choose that wife very careful. Be careful what you are doing. And a woman choosing a husband or accepting the choice of a husband should be real careful what she's doing. And especially in these days, a man should think and pray before he chooses a wife. And it's not only about a wife. Any choice that you make, actually, you need to take very serious. When you look for a job, you need to be that serious. You need to pray. Make a choice about any other thing. Because it's not easy. Says again, the kind of a woman that a man will choose will reflect his ambitions and his character. So in other words, a man, you see now, if you want to see how Christ behaves, you look at his bride. We all agree. You see, you look at his bride. Now, we say we are the reflection of Christ. Now, if you want to see what Jesus wants, you look at his church. You see how they behave. You see how they talk. You see how they treat people. You see how they dress. Whatever that they are doing, they are reflecting Christ. Now, a woman reflects a husband. If you want to see a man, understand them. What does the, because men can hide. A man can come to you and say, hey, brother, God bless you, whatever the case may be. I, you look at his wife. If you, his wife just passes you, you know that ah, there is a problem. Because women, 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 they don't pretend like us. So you will be able to see the ambitions of a man. You, you, you look at his wife. What kind of a wife does he choose? Then it will tell you what kind of a future does he want. Because this woman is going to be the one that is going to raise his children. So if this woman is the one that is going to be drinking beer, then it means his children are going to do the same thing. So that is why I say, when a man chooses his wife, then we see what he wants his future to be. Hallelujah. Because he knows that everything now depends on this woman. He's going to work, he's going to do one, two, three, but the children are going to grow up with this one. The house, the person that is going to look after the house is this one. So it reflects your character. <laughs> Hallelujah. It's the same as people say now, if you want to see a man or a woman or whatever the case may be, you look at his friends. Yeah, you will see that he's not far from his friends. The, the, the birth of the same flock together. They say that was in English. It, 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 it cannot happen. You see, you look at his friends to say, but actually, 
his friends, how are they? Then they will tell you exactly. So if you are looking, if somebody, you are looking for a wife, then you see, hey, I cannot be able maybe to see this person's character. Look at her friends. The same with a sister. If this man says he wants to marry you, look at his friends. It will tell you a lot about him. There is no way that these friends, they are like that, then he's different. It's just you haven't seen him yet. But when you are married, then you're going to see him very well. You say, yeah, no, he's not far from them. He says, now, what, what he tries himself to shows truly what is in him. A woman reflects what is in the man when he chooses her for a wife. He chose what's down in him. No matter what he says outside, watch what he married. Amen. So whatever that he can tell us, but you watch who, what kind of a woman is going to marry. In other words, now, the thoughts of a man are reflected in his wife. Amen. The thoughts of God and the thoughts of Christ are reflected in us. So in his absence, we just look at the church of God, we look at his sons and daughters, we know what, how Christ behaves. Hallelujah. But the same as we look at the church, then we look at your wife. Hallelujah. Now, but I'm not there much, I'm at a choice. And I want us to understand this thing that a choice is a great thing. When you make a choice, you need to be very serious. It says in paragraph 37, you have also a choice. When you choose this church, you can choose whether you, in this church, whether you will choose a church that will guide you to your eternal destination. Or you can Choose a church that has a certain creed that you might think that creed is just what you want or the other church has their creed. So in anything you have a choice. This church, you've got a choice. Your pastor, you've got a choice. If this man is going to lead you to heaven or not, you've got a choice. You're not going to come before God and say, no, it's because of the pastor. It's not going to happen. It's your choice. If you think he's not going to lead you to heaven, you've got a scriptural right to move to another church. Where you think they will be able to feed your soul and you will be able to go to heaven. So you've got a choice. There is no way that you will say, no, it's because of this one and that one. So what I want to tell you here is that now in church, in your own life, in everything that you do, you are responsible for yourself. Actually, where you are currently, you do an introspection. You look at your own life spiritually. Where am I? So I want you to take the blame from the pastor. I want you to take the blame from the church. You have to look at the person that you must look at in the mirror is yourself. 
the reason that I'm not, I'm not growing is because of whatever that you are doing. The problem is not with the next person, it's yourself. Now we can take it even further. Not spiritually, we say now, when you look at yourself, your progress generally in life, look where you are. The only person that you can blame is yourself. That's why I say people make some um, goals and whatever at the beginning of the year. If you don't achieve those goals, you cannot go and blame another person. It's yourself. Hallelujah. Now, let's continue. The message by faith, Moses, Brother Brenham says, paragraph 77. He says, and it may be this morning that there will be men and women sitting right here. That will make your, fi- that w- that will make your final choice. You are today what you are because several years ago you chose to be what you are now. So it's not by accident what you are now. Several years ago, you made a choice. That I made a choice that, ah, me, I'm not going to continue with one, two, three. That is why you are where you are. Several years ago, I made a choice. Even where I'm working, nobody is got a gun on me. Nobody is forcing me. I made a choice that I will still be working where I am. I can't blame any other person. It's my choice. So it is your own choice where you are. Several years ago, you made that choice. And whether it was good or bad, but you are responsible for that choice. And if you don't like where you are, you have to change that choice that you made several years ago. Change the direction that you are going with. It says, and what you you choose now will determine what you will be five years from today. See, where you are now is that several years ago, you made a choice. And say, I choose to be where I am now. Now, if you are now aware that where I am is not where I want to be, then you have to change your choice. But the choice that you are making it now, five years down the line, when we meet, you will be what you made that choice to be. Five years from today, you may be a missionary. Five years from today, you may be a renowned Christian. But the choice, it's yours. Or five years from today, you may be in hell. It's still your choice. You know about this one, Brother Brenham says, you know, people fight to go to hell. He says there is a preacher every day that will preach and tell you that, leave what you are doing. He says, but people will ignore. They will fight their own way to hell. He says, you have been warned daily that you mustn't do what you are doing. He says, because you made the wrong decision, five years from today, you may be cleaning uh, spitons in a bar room. Five years from today, you may be a prostitute on the street. It's not going to happen 
accidentally. It is a choice that you make. So where you are now, you have to make a choice. I think you have read some other time that I've read about a young man that he was a petrol attendant. And I'm told that this young man, when you read his story, he made a choice one day. He says, I'm not happy where I am. I cannot be a petrol attendant for the rest of my life. He made a choice. And he says, from that time, when he made that choice to say, I'm not going to be a petrol attendant for the rest of my life. He still went to work. When other people after work, they go and dance and sleep, he was reading his books. He says, I'm going to correspond now. I'm going to study. It was his own choice and sacrifices. He goes to work in the morning after that, and then he goes and reads books. And I think every one of us has got a choice and he's got time. Hallelujah. And this man went until he became a doctor. They say from being a petrol attendant to being a doctor. It is a choice that he made. So in other ways, that's why I say people wherever they are, it is their own choices. If you don't like the choice where you are now, you must make a decision now and change. And be a child of God if you want to be. There is still a chance. The Bible says now, five years from now, we don't know. We are not sure all of us here where we will be in five years. He says you might be in hell. But we've got a chance here now. Five years from now, you might be in a wheelchair. Who knows? So you need to make your decisions right. In this life, we are not guaranteed. Five years from now, I wonder if we will still be together like that. But there will definitely be changes. But now we need to make an introspection on our lives. Where do you want to be in five years' time? Not only in five years' time, where do you want to be in five days? Where do you want to be in five months? Where do you want to be in a year from now? The same problems that you have, you're still going to come with 2024. You still have the same problems. Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. Or you may be a man or a woman. That is a credit to any society. It's your own choice. Amen. Right. In five years from now, you might be in hell. In five years from now, you might be in, in, in heaven. It's your choice. Nobody else. Five years from now, you might be on the street. Five years from now, you might be a, a credit to any society. A man of credibility, a woman of credibility, 
a woman that will be admired by other people, it's your own choice. Five years from now, you might be a mighty preacher. You might be a pastor. You might be whatever that you might be, but it's your own choice. Because of your choice for Christ, five years from today, you may be in glory. Gone in the rapture because you made your choice today. Not when. Today. And the only thing is that a choice that you have, you make it in your heart. Whether you tell us or you don't tell us, but the only thing that you're going to make is that definitely you're going to make a choice. Whether you like it or you don't like it, but you are forced to make a choice. Whether you accept the gospel or you don't accept it, it's your own choice. But one day, that choice will take you somewhere. And one day, you will have to remember this day that from that time, things started going west. Hallelujah. Any man and any woman can think of from a particular time. The situation that we find ourselves in, they started some, you know, things when they happen, they don't just happen accidentally. Each and every person, that's why I say, we need to do a, a, a thorough introspection. In church, even if we are at home, whether you are a believer or you are an unbeliever, look at your own life and reflect. Do an introspection and say, but from a particular time, things started going well for me. Or in a particular time, things started going wrong for me. But there is somewhere where you can pinpoint to say, since that day when I did one, two, three, things started going in this direction. There is nothing, absolutely nothing, just comes accidentally. It's a process. That's why they say life is a process. Things start somewhere. You can be able to see that now I'm going in this direction or in a wrong direction. It's you who knows. Hallelujah. But five years from now, today, you might be in glory or you might be in hell. Five years from today, we might see you in the street or we might see you being somebody with a tie in an office. The choice is yours. <laughs> Same message, paragraph 46. Now, we will think of Moses, as we read in Hebrews 11. This great time of his life, as we read back of his birth, the Bible says here, by faith Moses, when he was born, was hid three months of his parents because they saw he was a special child. That's what the Bible says. He was a proper child. They saw that in him there was something special. And the Bible says they were not afraid 
not to follow the king's commandment. He says, by faith, Moses, when he was come to years, he refused to be called the son of Pharaoh's daughter. You see, he knew, Moses, that there is going to be consequences. I have to make a choice. He was aware, Moses, that now I grew up here. I can eat whatever I want. I can have got servants here. I don't have to do any other thing. I can just tell the servants to do this for me, that one for me, to do that one for me. But he had to make a choice. There were slaves that Moses, when he grew up, he saw them. That they were slaves, that they were working daily. They were not regarded as people. And Moses knew that. The Bible says he had to make a choice. Moses made a choice. It wasn't easy. The Bible says, now God cared for him while he was still a child. And we know the story, how God protected Moses. By faith, his parents, when he was born, they, they saw that there is something special about him. Anyhow, they prayed for the child. Now, when he was born, and then they gave the child back to God. And God should now take care of him. Hallelujah. And God protected the child. Hallelujah. And the Bible says now, I mean, Brother Brenham says when he dramatized that, he says, now when Amram and this Jogobet, his wife, they took this young child and they put him on the little ark and then they put him in the Nile River where there were crocodiles. And he says, now these crocodiles, they, they can even, they can smell uh, a human being because they were fed with some children that we know how cruel this uh, king of Egypt was because he took all the children and then he fed to the crocodiles and the crocodiles, they were used to eat a little children. But God, that day, Brother Brenham, he says now, the faith of Jacobet and Abraham, when they took this little child and they put him into that little ark, they put him in the Nile River, he says God himself came down to come and protect his own children. That one I can assure you. When you make a choice, one thing for sure that we can be here and be certain about it is that when you make a choice to take Christ as the savior of your own life, he will never shame you. Amen. He will protect you for the rest of your life. Amen. You know, I like what brother, um, the pastor always says, he says, he even gives us more, he makes us very smart. I mean, this message makes us very smart. We can be able to talk to the doctors. We can be able to talk to the lawyers. We can be able to talk to the managers because of this message of the hour. I mean, if you read the message of the hour, it makes you, people think you are smart. But we are, anyway. We are smart. Hallelujah. We are very smart. So, so he says, now, um, uh, this one, I can assure you that if you make that decision, God will definitely protect you. 
like he did with Moses. And he says here how God cared for him, but there came a time in Moses' life where he had to be a choosing time. So as much as God protected him, but there has to come a time where you have to make a, a choice. There has to come a time where you have to decide which way am I going. You can be protected by your parents. You can be protected by your husband. You can be protected by your wife. But there is come a time where you have to make a choice on your own. If we read right, we find out that he was a son of Pharaoh's daughter and was, was the and was heir to the throne, and would have been the next pharaoh in Egypt. So you will notice that he looked around after he had become of age and of accountability, and there would be those slaves working out in the slime pits. And Moses, as he, he looked through the windows of the palace upon the same slaves that pharaoh looked on, but what a difference there was in the looking. Now, the prophet says here, he's trying to explain to us that now the same window that Pharaoh looked at, with Ramsey, his brother, that he was looking, and he saw a bunch of slaves, people that they deserve to work day and night. But this Moses, he had a special, when he looked at them, he identified himself with the slaves. That he says, rather for me to be here for a season, eat here and enjoy myself for a season, I will rather go and suffer with the slaves. Because the Bible says, sin is for a, you will enjoy it for a season. You can make a choice this morning. It's fine, you can enjoy yourself. But one day, there will come a time. That's why I say five years from now. Now I was asking a, a particular man, he says, um, ah, but there is no God. So okay, that's fine, brother. There is no God. He says, yeah, but you can't show me God. Well, it's simple, man. You are an engineer. So tell me, can you see electricity here? He says, no, I can't see. See, but there is electricity in this room. Show me where is the electricity. How, who is going to pinpoint the electricity here? There is no electricity here that you can see. The only thing that you can see that there is electricity is now when you look at this projector. Then you can see that there is an electricity. But the projector is not electricity. You can't see the electricity. You can't see it. You can't feel it. There is no electricity. But you can see now when you plug your, 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 your stove or whatever the case may be, then you'll be able to see that, oh, there is an electricity. That is the only way. So I say there is God, but although you can't see God with your own eyes, but when you see the vindication of what he has promised, then you must believe that there is God. brother, unfortunately, if it can happen, the way you are breaking or the way you think you are smart, if it can happen, that tomorrow when you wake up, you are blind, what are you going to say? 
If it happens, I say God forbid, but if it happens that when you wake up, you can't just see us, what's going to happen? You will wish to read the Bible that you don't even want to see that day. Hallelujah. Sometimes when God gave people a chance, they've got everything, they think, no, they can just uh, ridicule God and say whatever they want about him. But it's, it's their choice. Yes, it's their choice. But one thing for sure is that there is consequences of their choices. Now this Moses has made the right choice. He had the choice to become a king of Egypt. But he saw that this is for temporarily. I can be a king, I can be there and have servants and everything and continue to, to have slaves and the Israelites and everybody. But he says, no, he chose to identify. He ident- there was an identification with the children of God. And that is very important to identify yourself. And problem says now, he used the same window to look at the children of Israel. When he looked at them, he saw some special people outside. But Pharaoh, when he looked at them, he saw a bunch of slaves, uneducated people, people that they don't know anything. And that's how the world look at us. And think, ah, those people that with some long dresses, they are not civilized. That's how they look at us. Hallelujah. Identification here. So he would notice that he looked around after he had become age of accountability and there will be those slaves working out in the slime pits. And Moses, as he looked through the windows of the palace upon the same slaves that Pharaoh looked on, but what a difference there was in the looking. So, it's not the same. How we look at things is not the same. Hallelujah. And then when you look at things, sometimes you need to bring the word of God here, bring the message of the hour and look at things. Then you'll be able to see things thoroughly. Hallelujah. Now, in the same message, paragraph 73, he says, Now, Lord made that sad mistake that that we make. Now he's talking about Lot here. You know what happened with Lot? And he says, a, a lot of times we choose for our own good. We choose things that will be better according to us. Yeah. So now, if you don't have the word of God, there is no way that you're going to see things in the right way. Yeah. There is no way. Because when you look with your own eyes, you're not going to see things right. So that's why the Bible says now, when Lord had to make a choice, you know that uh, the Bible says now, when God called Abraham, he called him alone. And he called Abraham with his own wife and with his own children. And the brother Brenham says now, the mistake that Abraham made, he wanted to come and bring Lord, and he brought his father and everybody, and God didn't call them all. God chooses an individual, he calls you alone. So if God calls you, it doesn't matter whether your parents believe it or not. He calls you and you alone. 
So God called Abraham, and Abraham came with his father. That is why his father, Terah, and then the brother of says now, he died along the way. And then this man called a lot. He was there. He was a cousin. He was a brother. He was a fine brother. They were maybe going to the same church. They were there. They were fellowshipping together. But God caused something like a conflict between their servants. And Abraham said, it is not good. Let us separate, my brother. And if you go to the west, I will go to the east. And the brother Brenham says now, you see, Abraham had the spirit of Christ. He gave Lord the first choice. He didn't come and say, ah, Lord, me, I'm going there, you go there. See how we do as human beings. He says, no, my brother, when, uh, you must choose. If you go to the east, I will go to the south. You, you choose first. He gave him first choice. The brother Abraham says, now, this man, when he looked at Sodom, because he wasn't looked, he, he didn't have the word of God. When he looked at Sodom, and then the Bible says it pleased, he saw it as a, he started thinking that I'm going to be a mayor there, I will be a better person there. And he made a choice based on that. So we mustn't make a choice because based on those things that are fleshy, things that are carnal, we must make choices based on things that are eternal. The reason that we make a choice that we go with Christ is not just because we want to succeed on certain things alone. Even if I don't succeed, even if tomorrow I die, I know I will go to heaven. That's eternal choice. These other things, the Bible says, seek the kingdom of God first. And these other things shall be added unto you. But sometimes we do vice versa. We want these other things, and the kingdom of God must come last. The Bible says, seek first the kingdom of God, and the rest will follow. Why can't we test him? Hallelujah. And Lord went there, he he says now, and then Lord chose, he, he says, Lord made that same mistake that we make. So, Lord, the mistake that Lord makes is the same that we as human beings make. A lot of times we choose for our own good. We choose things that will be better. Sometimes if there is a little squabble comes in the church and someone will say, well, the deacon or the pastor is on this side. Don't look at that. Look at what is righteous. Don't look at what the pastor is doing. Don't look at what the deacon says. Look at the righteous thing. Don't look at that. Look at what is righteous. Get that thing out and bring them both together. That is godly. There is a choosing and we choose for ourselves. We choose something that is for our own good. Hallelujah. So we don't choose, we don't do things for the pastor, we don't do things for the church, we don't think, do things for the trustees, we do things for ourselves. When we make a decision, we make a decision for yourself. Hallelujah. When you do good, you do good for yourself. Hallelujah. Now, but I want us to say, when we look at certain things, let's have um, not a carnal looking. Let's have a spiritual eyes when we look at things. Hallelujah. Now, when you read the Bible in 1 Samuel chapter 16, 
from verse 6. The Bible speaks about uh, when David was supposed to be chosen to be a king. I want us to maybe go and read it. It will be much more better um, uh, that we have read. Let's read 1 Samuel chapter 16. 1 Samuel chapter 16. Let's start from verse 6, if you've got it. In verse 6, the Bible says, And it came to pass, they were come, that he looked on Eliab and said, Surely the Lord's anointed is before him. So that was Samuel. And God told him that he must go to, to this family and God will show him who is going to be a king. And we know that it's that time when Saul did something that displeased God and he says, Saul is rejected. Now I want somebody that will lead my people. Now Samuel being a prophet, he came before the sons. And when he looked at Samuel, and there came the firstborn. And Samuel looked at him and said, Surely this is the Lord's anointed. But the Lord said unto Samuel, Look not in, on his countenance or the height of his stature, because I have refused him, for the Lord sees not as a man sees. For man looketh on the outward appearance, but the Lord looketh on the heart. Yes. Hallelujah. Now Samuel being a prophet, he also made a mistake because he was a human being. Because he looks at the outward. But the Lord then told him, he says, no, don't look at his height. Don't look at the way he looks. But he says, now, the Lord doesn't look at those things that we look for. So Lord also made a mistake. When he looked, he looked differently. And what, that is why the Bible says when he looked at Sodom, he saw something that he can be a great man when he was there. So he didn't waste time and say, let me go and pray. You see, Lord, what he was supposed to say, he was supposed to say to Abraham, he says, I understand you, my brother. If it's time for us to separate, let us go and consult the Lord. Let us go and pray about this matter. And let's hear the Lord will say, if the Lord says, I'm going to the east, then I will go, brother Abraham. That's what the Lord was supposed to say. But the Bible says he looked towards Sodom. And with his own fleshly eyes, he saw Sodom as a, a, a place that was appealing to him. But what he was supposed to say, let us go and pray about it. So he missed it and he didn't go and pray. He just looked. So the Bible says here, even the prophet of God, uh, Samuel, when he looked at this Eliab, the son, this uh, first son, he looked at him and he saw that this one was supposed to be a king. But the Lord fortunately came to him and he says, I, I don't look for the outside appearance. Because as people, we look at the outside appearance. This person, he looked, his stature, he looked, he, he is supposed to be a king. But the Lord doesn't look at it. He says, I have refused him. 
Because the Lord looks at his heart. So that is why I say now, when you make a choice, you need to consult God first. You cannot be able to see a person in his heart. Only God will be able to see. And the Bible says, And Samuel said unto Jesse, Are there, are, are here, are, are here all thy children? And he said, There remaineth yet the youngest. And behold, he keepeth the sheep. And Samuel said unto Jesse, Send and fetch him, for we will not sit down till he come hither. So it was not only Samuel that made a mistake. Even the father of David, he didn't consider David to be somebody when he told him that God, amongst your own children, God chose somebody to be a king. So just when he brought his own children also, he thought, no, this one man, we can't bring him here. So when you look at him, he was, when you look at him with, 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 with carnal eyes, he was not supposed to be a king. So usually, in most cases, the one that is rejected by the people is the one that God has chosen. So the one that is undermined by the people is the one that God will uplift. So then he says now, there is one that is left there, he's looking after the sheep. And he says, and he said, and brought him in. Now he was a ruddy and without any a, be- a beautiful countenance and godly to look to. And the Lord said, Arise, anoint him, for this is he. But look now, while we are looking at, at the whole church now, we are standing on this banister watching what God is doing. So we have to come and look how God wants us to see things. So that is why I said everything when you want to make a choice, you must first consult God. In every decision that you are want to do, you must consult God first. The message leading of the Holy Spirit of God, Brother Brenham says in paragraph 7. says, why? When Samuel went up to choose one, of, one out of David's boys, or not out of Jess's boys, David's father, they brought out the oldest son when they knowed he was going to take Saul's place. Great, big, fine-looking, curly-headed, seven-foot-tall. Why? Jess said, he looked wonderful in his kingly robes and with his big crowns setting on his head. You see how men's ideas can get into it. And when he went forward, the prophet thought that may be the man. He carried the, the cruz of oil. When he went forth, the Holy Ghost said, I have refused him. And the world has chose him, but God refused him. The world looked on the outside. God was looking on the inside. So there is a difference. So as people, we look at the outside. How the person look like. What he has. That's how we judge people. How educated he is. How smart he can talk. That's how we look. It's, it's natural. 
and we say these people deserve to, to be a deacon, maybe. He deserves to be a pastor. He deserves to be a trustee. He deserves to be a child of God. He deserves to be whatever that we want to put it there because he's educated. But God doesn't look at those things. Because he's got a beautiful car, it means now he deserves to be a mayor or he deserves to be somebody else. But God doesn't look at those things. He look at the inside. In other words, then, it means now, even if you are looking for a partner, you don't just look at the carnal one. Say, this one, he is educated. He's educated people. They're the ones that they bring certain things that they are unethical. I've not, I haven't seen a person that is really, really, really uneducated and just deciding that I want to be a gay. I, I haven't seen much of those people. I haven't seen them much. The people that are so educated, the people that we, we, we think they know much more better, they are the ones that come up with some unethical things, things that we never thought of. So they might surprise you in the future. Saying, I've got a, 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 a good husband here. Hey, the man changes. Say, no, actually me. I. Now what are we going to say? But, but in actual fact, if that happens, well, we, we're not going to say that, obviously, you are a human being that time. But in actual fact, in essence, if somebody marries you, and you definitely didn't pray. And he changes and says he's a gay. Actually, the blame is on you. To be, I don't say we will say that at that particular time. We will be sympathizing with you. We can't say that. But it's, it was your choice. It means you didn't really follow through. You didn't pray enough. But, but, but just know, if that happens, actually, the person that is, that, that is guilty is you. You made a shortcut. Because I'm sure and I'm certain that God will not give you a wrong person if you are right. Amen. He will not do that. Amen. But you see, these people that now they, they make decisions, uh, you know, they say there is wisdom when somebody is wise, is somebody, that, uh, is somebody that follows the word of God. And there are people that they are clever. You see? And those people that are clever, they come and then they can even deceive the pastor. They come and they are clever, then they tell him and whatever the case may then they get married. And later, that's why I say the consequences of your choice will show up. Amen. You see? When that time we don't know, and then you say, and you know in your heart that, yeah, but uh, it is my mistake. Even if you will not tell us, but you know very well that from that time, yeah. from that day. I made a mistake. So everybody can pinpoint and say, in actual fact, for my life to go in this direction, from a particular time, I made a mistake. And you need to go back from that time and say, I have to fix things from that time. Hallelujah. Now, that's the way we see things. This man was, when you look at him, he was supposed to be a king. 
was a big man, and when you, you think of the crown, you can see this. This man is a man that is supposed to have a crown upon his head. And they look at this man. But God refused him. And God is in simplicity, eh? In the Bible, when you look at the men of God, they are the ones that we, the people that we, we, we don't take them serious. So these ones, they are not, in the society, we don't take them serious. So those are the children of God. But in, in other words, we don't say you must humble yourself too much. Hallelujah. No, you must be you must you must be there, you must be seen in the society that you are a child of God. Amen. But in most cases it's like that. The, the people that they know everything. You know, there are people that they know everything. Tell her, ah, I know. Tell him this one, ah, I know this one. No, no, that one I know. Oh, okay, that one I know. Oh, that's fine, my brother. God bless you. Hmm? They don't argue with people that they know everything. Say, oh, God bless you. There will be some consequences later there. There will be results of your choice. You know so. I say now, and they brought the next big one also, polished him up, perhaps combed his hair back, said, what a beautiful young man. Look how straight and sturdy he is. He will take him up and see what the Holy Spirit will say about him. I'm sure it will be him. When they brought him up there, Samuel took the cruise of oil and went forth to anoint him because he was such a handsome, smart-looking fellow. And the Holy Spirit said, I refused him till he brought all of Jesus' sons, the five up. The Holy Spirit said, I have refused them. And Samuel said, it's not there one more you have. I think when you read the book of, I think, the Revelation, the messages that Brother Bram, the Revelation, uh, the book of Revelation, Brother Bram speaks about uh, the bride of Christ. So Brother Bram speaks about, he tra- dramatized that, he says, there was a, a man, and he was a young man, that young man was a son of a rich man. And the prophet says, this young man, it came a time that he was supposed to get married. And Brabham says, now this man, when he's supposed to get married, then they took him into a particular village. And in that village, there were people that they were there, and they had their own children, and they knew that this young man is supposed to get married. And they prepared their daughters accordingly. And Brabham says, now, amongst them, they were, he was there supposed to spend a week there looking at those uh, daughters, that who can be a wife for me. And Brother Ram says, now in that particular time, now even the parents knew that the son of a rich man was there looking for a wife. They made sure that their daughters looked smart. They bought them new clothes. They bought them whatever makeups that you can call them. They make sure that they, 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 they put whatever that they do, hairstyles and everything. They look beautiful for that man. But Brother Brenham says, Amongst those children, there was an orphan. There was a little young girl that didn't have parents. He says now, now all these girls that they were there, because their parents, they were well off. They were taken care of. But there was this little one, the poor one that was there. 
She was supposed to be the one. When the dishes were supposed to be washed, they tell her to go and wash the dishes. There was this little poor one that they were supposed to make washing and wash clothes. They sent this one to go do that. When they are supposed to clean the house, there was this one that was supposed to be. They took this one. She's supposed to go and do all those things. And brother, says now, when they came and the son of, of that rich man came and he saw them all. And one day, he says he was just going out, not to see them, but he was just going out, just to have a fresh air. Because that time, they knew that he's not going out at that particular time. And at that particular time, it happened that this now child, the one that they were sending her up and down, she was going out to go and pour some dirty water or something like that. Then this son of a rich man, then she saw her. And when he looked at her, he was, she was different from the rest of them. She was natural. She was barefooted. She didn't have those fancy things that they were putting on. She didn't have a makeup on. She didn't comb her hair. She didn't have even uh, shoes. Then she looked at her. He looked at her. And he says, he went closer. Because this was something attractive. You know, when you are used to see certain things and you see something very, something distinguished. So, so he, he, couldn't, he couldn't imagine this man that I'm here, every girl of this city knows that I'm here. There is no way that you will go there without combing her hair, going there without, I mean, even shoes. It's not going to happen. This one is strange. Then I must go and talk to her. So it was something that attracted this man. Then he went and he asked, why is it for the first time I see you? Why are you not coming with the rest of them? They say the child couldn't even look at her because she was taught not to look at an, a person in her eyes. He was looking down. And they say this man made a promise. And he says, at a particular day, at a particular time, I will come and marry you. You can imagine. The son of a rich man. And Brother Brennan says, no. And then he gave her an assurance that I'm coming back for you. I'm going to marry you. And Brother Brennan says, it happens. And then she went back. But she had a promise in her own heart. And problem, he says, from that time, when even if whatever that she was telling, they were telling, they treated her very bad. And she was there when they say, you must clean uh, our shoes, you must clean our, our toilets, you must clean everything that you must do. She was doing it. But she had a promise in her own heart. Amen. That one day, all these sufferings will come to an end. So that is the promise that I want to give it to you this morning. Whatever that people can say to you, whatever that the world can say to you, but we are pilgrims and we are strangers on this earth. One day, God will prove to us. And this little girl, Brother Bram, dramatizes, he says, then he says now, and then she was there. 
and all these ones, now they didn't know, but they knew that there should be one that amongst them she's got a promise. But because they were going there alone, this one was not going. They knew that it was among themselves. Because when they presented themselves before this, the, the son of, the, of, of this rich man, they were only those ones that were there. They never, even none of them saw this poor one going outside. That he saw her. So they knew that he was coming back for one of them. So they were preparing themselves. Problem is, is now it's like the church. The little bride is somewhere in the corner. When you see all these denominational churches claiming that Christ is coming for them, somewhere, somehow, there is a little bride that is there, knowing that in my heart I've got a promise for my husband that is going one day, he's coming here. Hallelujah. And he says now, they were there. They were preparing themselves. But one day a secret came. He says, and he told them that this man is coming. You can imagine. You can imagine, eh? Women. Eh? How are they going to ridicule her? Even the parents think, you, you, you just think of yourself, you. You can't, you don't even have shoes, you don't even have a, a dress that, how, how, how can you be true? How can that happen? You see, how, that's how people judge others. You don't judge people how they dress. You don't judge people how, how they... You don't, you don't judge. We don't do that. But we judge them if they dress uh, things that they reveal themselves there. The Bible says that. That one is the Bible. We don't judge them. The Bible says that. Now, then they were saying that they... The, 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 the Prophet says now, they started telling that he says, no, it cannot happen. There is no way that he will ever come for you. But they say, one day it happens. Everybody heard the noise. The horses were coming. The siren were, there, there, was, there was a noise that the son of a rich man is coming. Everybody was aware that he is coming for his bride. And everybody was ready. And the parents and everybody, they were ready for their own children. And they, they, I can imagine how they dressed them. They were ready that this man is coming for one of them. And the same one without shoes. You know how people are, ne? They didn't, I mean, they didn't have even just to say, man, because this son of a rich uh, is coming, let's just buy her or just give her old shoes also just to be there. No, they didn't do it. Put her there even. You are not supposed to be seen by her even, by this man. You don't deserve it. You see the, how, peop, how people, how cruel a human being can be. Amen. You are not supposed, you don't even deserve to be seen by the son of a rich, you are not, you don't deserve it. Hallelujah. Now, then the brother Abraham says, when he came, this man, he was looking for the, he passed them all, all of them. And in front of them, all those ones that they were, they were, they were looking at this one that she's the poor, she's an orphan, she's nothing. They saw with their own eyes. They witnessed when the son of a rich man came and took the poor girl with his own hand. And he took a ring, he put it on her finger and said, from now onwards, you will be my wife. 
the suffering that you suffered, you will suffer no more. Yes. You can imagine. Hmm? Now, if this person is going to be now some, somebody big that you are mistreating her, and that's why the Bible, you know, people read the Bible for other people, they don't read for themselves. That's why the Bible says that when you treat the children of God, you must be very careful. Because one day they're going to judge. You must treat them very careful. But the way you treat them, the Bible says, Jesus, at the day of judgment, the people will come there and say, Lord, Lord, I did that and did that. He says, no, you, when I was hungry, you gave me food. He says, as long as you treated these ones, you are treating me. Yes. But yet people, they still treat the children of God very bad. You can imagine, eh? I saw a clip some other time, let me share with you, some other time that there was a man that they say he was a CEO of a company. And he was testing people when they came for an interview. He came, he stood at the gate, and then he was, he didn't wear like me, that you must see that I am a CEO. You know the CEOs today, they also want to be seen by people. But this man just wears something very common, and then he was like a security guy. And they came, these sisters with their bags and whatever the case may be, were coming. And he was asking him the question, can I have one? They were even swearing at him. The CEO, the person that, you see, they were telling him how he must now, they were telling him all sorts of things. They were treating him very bad. They went one by one, and then they came into the, and then when they come there, they find the secretary, he said, no, sit there. And then the second one came, he said, sit there. They mistreated the security at the gate. The last one came, and he was very, very, she was, she, was, she was nice to the security. The security, whatever that he was asking, he gave the person, and then and he saw that this is the person that I think I want. And he went, he went to change. And the people that came to the interview, when they saw the person that is coming to interview them, they see that it's the same person that we were swearing at him in the actual fact at the gate. So you can imagine. You know very well that I, I'm, I'm not even going there. <laughs> Hallelujah. So what, what I want to conscientize is that now, the way we treat people, we need to understand that they are children of God. One day, so people never thought that this little orphan girl, one day she will be something. But in the economy of God, God knew before the foundation of the world that he had something special for the little girl. Amen. But the way we look at people sometimes. But let's, let's, let's put our, our, our spectacles, man, spiritual ones, and so that we can be able to see these things. Hallelujah. And when they brought him up, a little old fellow with a sheepskin coat, a hair hanging down his neck, probably he said, he's ain't. He's not supposed to be one. Fetch and carry and, and toad and no education. Sheep uh, and, 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 and stick in his hand. The Holy Ghost said, I've chosen him. Go anoint this one. The one that you can see that is thinking sheep. See what a difference what a man wants and what God wants. See it is the difference. Don't choose according to the outside. Choose the inside. Inside is eternal. Outside will perish. Outside will come to an end. Amen. So don't judge a man because he's got something. Yeah. All those things they will come to 
nothing one day. See, you judge a man because he's got a good heart. A good heart is a treasurer. A good heart is better than any other thing that a man will have. Let me, in closing, say the oneness of unity, uh, 1955, August the 7th, Brother Brenham says, and this is a choosing time. You cannot stand neutral any longer. You may leave before the message is over, but you can't go out that door, the same person you come in. That's right. You'll cross that threshold tonight, either a better person or more evil person than you was when you entered. See, that's what I like about the gospel. Gospel will make you a better person, or you'll make even more angry with it. And when you become more angry, you'll become even more evil. But you can't be neutral. You've got a choice to make. Now, you can't help it. It's up to you to make a decision. It's up to you to make a choice. Now notice, it is choosing time. You can't be neutral. It is a choosing time. You must choose this day whom you are going to serve. And the devil has presented many things, clamorous, that you can choose if you wish to. God will never force you. The devil will show a clamorous life, but the end of it is hell. In closing, in closing now, I'm not going to read the last one even. The devil's love is very glamorous. And when I said life, it's a process. It's not an event. In most cases, when you are going into the rapture, it's a process, the rapture. You start now enjoying, you start now feeling, while you are still on this earth, that you are heaven-bound. And you are a happy person. And when you are hell-bound, you're going to struggle. While you are still on this earth, you are going to feel that particular, while you are still on earth, you're going to still live a hell-bound life while you are still on this earth. Life is a process. It's not an event. It doesn't just happen. It's a process. And you know where you are going. And you can feel it. So you need to make a choice this morning. If you see the direction that you are going is not working for you, it's fine, you rather change. Take the right direction. Friends will not be there. Parents will not be there. Your children will not be there. They will be alone. And that time will come. I was a child one day. I never thought one day I would be responsible. Today, I'm a parent. I've got accountability. I've got responsibility. One day, if the Lord tarries, I'll be an old man. Maybe you'll be helping me to come in here and see. 
the time will come. Whether I like it or not. The same applies to you. You need to think. If the rapture carries, death is going to come. Whether you are educated, whether you are uneducated, whether you are smart, whether you are not smart, whether you've got money, whether you don't have money, whether you've got a big house, whether you don't have a big house, whether you are married, whether you are not married, whether you are a child, but a death is coming. And when you die, you're not going to take your friends with, you're not going to take your parents with, you're not going to take your sibling with, you're going to go and be face God alone. It's a decision that you have to make. It's not a decision to please the pastor. It's not a decision to please the church. It's your own decision. Look at your own life. Are you happy with it? If you are not happy, make a U-turn. Look at your own situation. If you are not happy, there is still a chance. If you know there are other people, but somewhere where they are, they are crying because of you, you've got a chance. If there are people there, they are hurt because of you. You have a chance to go and say, I'm sorry. You lose nothing, but you'll gain eternal life. So I want you to go home. Alone? Ponder on these things and make your choice. And that choice, that choice is your own choice. You don't have to tell your parents. You don't have to tell your husband. You don't have to tell any other person. It's your own choice. May God richly bless you. Let's stand on our feet and sing a worshiping song. While we think of our own choices. There is time to play. There is time to be serious. There is time to cry. There is time for joy. Everything under this, under the sun, is got a time. Let's sing, my brother. Father, we are to. Oh,
let's bow our heads. Our Heavenly Father, Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, Eternal Father, the ones that enable us to come to your church, the one that gives us oxygen to breathe, the one that gives our body a healing. We want to thank you once more this morning, Lord. Here are my brothers and my sisters. Heavenly Father, I spoke to them like their own brother and their With the children that are like my children, I wish them nothing but the best, Lord. If they are at school, help them, dear Father. Let them remember Almighty God and make decisions that they will take them somewhere. At their school, there will be children that listen to their teachers, children that will listen to their parents at home. And as from today, Heavenly Father, may you grant them wisdom, Lord, that they will be an example on this world. Heavenly Father, when they look back, come the end, towards the end of the year, they will see the results of what they were doing. They've got parents here, Heavenly Father. I know as human beings, we all have goals and ambitions, Lord. In each and every heart, you know their desires, Lord. Grant them according to their heart's desire, Lord. Give them accordingly, Heavenly Father. But even the people in this city, they may look at them. and see people with integrity and thirst and desire to be like them, Heavenly Father. In other words, Lord, I'm asking for the blessings upon them. Whatever they touch, multiply it, Heavenly Father. Let the people wonder let the people be surprised that indeed the God that they are saving is with them, Heavenly Father. I'm asking you humbly, Heavenly Father, that you manifest yourself in their lives and in actions, Heavenly Father, whatever that they are touching, Lord whatever that they will receive as a reward, whatever that they are doing, double it, Heavenly Father. It's my sincere prayer this morning, Heavenly Father. And protect them. If they are sick, Heavenly Father, they don't have to run around going to 
this is dark time, this one, Almighty God. I pray that you heal their bodies. Just as a, as a testimony, Almighty God, that you are a living God, Heavenly Father. That people may wonder that this disease that we know that it cannot be cured, but the God that is amongst His own people did the impossible with His own people. That is my kind and sincere prayer this morning. I may not know what they are going through, but whatever situation, Lord, resolve them, Heavenly Father. That the testimonies may come and say, indeed, there is a God who is living, not a God of history. The same yesterday, today, and forever. That should be a theme for this little bright Lord. I pray for our dear pastor. Protect him, Heavenly Father. Give him more wisdom, Lord. I know sometimes it's so difficult to lead people. But I know, Heavenly Father, you have capacitated him. That whatever pressure that comes, Lord, you will be able to handle it, Lord. Help the entire church, Lord. Bless them, Heavenly Father. I sincerely pray. I commit everything that they are doing, even themselves, into your capable hands. In the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, and all the church shall agree by saying, Amen. Amen. Let us sing a song, and God richly bless you.